If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. So, Tabby, what is Reconsidered? Can you tell me about it? Yeah, sure. So um, Reconsidered is a custom upcycling service for um, individuals and businesses. Um, It started off as just for individuals and recently we've kind of expanded to upcycling in bulk for businesses. Um, But essentially the mission and idea around it is to help people to stop always thinking that the only option in terms of purchasing fashion is purchasing something new or making an addition to your wardrobe and replacing things. Instead, there's like possibility in what you already own. And so essentially people can take an old dress in their wardrobe that they don't wear anymore, and we can turn it into a top and a pair of shorts and turn that item that like maybe doesn't suit their style anymore into something that will. And you've literally created no waste. You're using what you have and you're kind of doing something that is like way more positive for the environment. um, And you're thinking a little bit differently about like consumption. Um, That's kind of a long winded way of explaining it. No, but there's a lot, a lot to it. (laughs) So I want to talk to you a bit about my experience with Reconsidered. Yes. But first, I think we should talk about like the sustainability aspect of it because you touched on that there. Yeah. Um, So... Why is sustainability important to you? So I think for me, it's because I was so unaware of it for so long. And I think part of me felt as like when I discovered kind of the environmental and social um, sort of inequality and um, harm that was being done by the fashion industry, I was kind of shocked because I knew what a part I'd had to play in it because of the fact that I was shopping every other week 
wanting to keep up with trends, buying things, wearing them once, sometimes wearing them not at all. And I also knew this was something all my friends were doing. And at the same time, I was at university talking and studying about social injustice, you know, history and politics about the world. And like, you know, I understood those problems, yet I was wearing clothes made essentially by slave labor. And I was um, sort of eating vegetarian, being vegetarian to try and, you know, have a positive impact, yet I was still wearing clothes that had a massive carbon footprint. And I kind of realized like, it's so hypocritical of me. Mm. Um, And also was pretty shocked at how little I knew, how little I'd been taught at school, how little my friends and I spoke about our fashion choices, even though literally every day we were making those fashion choices and we were talking about going shopping and doing it together. Yeah. Um, I so, it's, yeah. It's so normalised to just do a bulk order of new yep. clothes. Like, it's just complete, like, the complete norm. Exactly. Um, so I think it's so cool what you're doing. It's just, like, even first just raising awareness of that. Um, I had a quick look on your website before this interview. Yes. And, like, the statistics on, like, our, the bit, our mission statement. Yeah. I was just reading them and I was like, this is insane. It's shocking, isn't yeah. it? It's like, um, and even, like, something that you can relate to as well so like powerfully like on average there's like 26 items of clothing in the average wardrobe that mm-hmm. go unworn yeah and surely you can think yeah. to your own wardrobe and go yeah there's about 26 I think that's items. the thing <laughs> like when I was reading that I was like ah oh, yeah that's so accurate <laughs> exactly and I feel like I also really liked that um like your story about how you initially weren't aware of it and mm. you kind of educated yourself and now you are where you are with it I really like that because I think there's sometimes this expectation that when you're trying to be more sustainable you need to be like perfect yeah and do it all perfectly but that's always like not going to happen you need to like make small changes and like learn and educate yourself yeah so I think that's really nice to see an example of how you've like grown so far with your sustainable journey yeah I think Um, also like we and like this is the thing again is I really don't want to be preachy mm. about it because like I went from being such an extreme shopaholic to now not doing it at all, but I know how difficult that was. And I knew how like many temptations I had to get rid of. I knew kind of that I had to like, kind of be like, wow, I need to shift massively. And that that took a lot of energy and effort. Um, And like, I remember when I first started, friends would like, I'd go around to their houses and they'd hide their ASOS packages from me. And it was like, I don't, I'm not here to be like the, fashion police or or tell you that you're doing something wrong I'm here to be like hey look it can actually be fun to do it a different way and while you do it the fun you like upcycling recycling way you can have a positive impact and you know yeah so but it's it's a funny road to go on I can't believe they hid the ASOS packages that's just so funny and people at the parties would be like oh don't tell her where you got your dress from because she'll she'll be so like that's um, the least you later react I couldn't believe that I was like sort of made into this like evil person that was gonna judge everyone no I don't think that is what anyone thinks anymore so no worries on that Um, so my experience with Reconsidered, what I think is really cool is I think there's two kind of ways you can like go to Reconsidered. Like one is because you have an item that you really love mm-hmm. and it's like important to you and that's why you want to get it um, like remade into something new. Yeah. Or it could just be like you want to be more sustainable and get something upcycled because, you know, you're trying to do that. Mm-hmm. So for me, I had a really important dress. Yes. Um, and if you can see my earrings <laughs> on this video, uh, these were obviously made by Reconsidered and you. Um, so I had this dress that I wore quite a lot during my like sixth form years at school 
And for some reason, I was just really attached to it because I had such like nice memories um, and like my key moments towards the end of my like school mm -hmm. days. Um, and I just couldn't bring myself to throw it away, but also it just didn't fit me anymore. So I was like, right, I I know someone that, <laughs> that might be able to help with this. And it's literally been the best thing for me because like these earrings were made out of that dress, which is crazy. I think they're like, do you call them zero waste earrings on yep. your website and stuff? I love them. And I think it's so cool that like this was a dress and now it's like a pair of earrings. And you literally wouldn't be able to tell. It's crazy to me. Um, I'm so happy that like you feel like that because I think one of the main things I love about Reconsidered is like keeping those stories in those items that like maybe you don't wear. Like I had a girl who um, whose dad had died mm -hmm. and he had a shirt that he'd given her and she had it in her wardrobe and you know, it, was, it had a like, huge yeah. sentimental value. But um, she didn't want to wear it because it didn't like suit her style. Yeah. And we turned it into like a blouse top that like suited her. And now she can wear that and it looks so different and it is her, mm. but it also still has that story. And like you've got all those memories attached to that dress, but obviously you didn't want to wear that dress yeah. before. And like to have them as something different that you can so keep cool. wearing. Yeah. And like when people say like nice earrings, to yeah. have that story I know. is so yeah. lovely. It's so much cooler than being like, oh yeah. Thanks, they're from ASOS. ASOS. You know, it's <laughs> exactly. like, it's so cool. Yeah. Is it quite a lot of pressure to like get an item like that, like the um, the shirt? Yeah. To then like, is do you feel that kind of pressure or, or is it not something that affects you? No, there is a huge pressure. I think the more I do, the less that pressure is because also what we're starting to do now is figure out like what we've done what we know works and then like offer only that mm -hmm. and on special occasions offer like complete custom. Yeah. Because when someone comes to me with something and it's really precious to them and they're asking me to turn it into something that like I've not tried before and this is literally my first time doing that upcycle, there is this huge pressure because like literally anything could go wrong. Like mm. I could accidentally like cut off a bit when I'm reworking it and it, and it like I cut off too much or like, you know, there are like, irreversible mm. things that can happen. Having said that, usually sewing is all right in that like, once you sew a line, you can always unpick it. Yeah. There's always- like, And also what? I will caveat all this with your extremely talented. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. doubt it goes wrong. No, and it, it has never gone wrong for a customer, but there's this kind of fear mm. at the beginning of like, you know, oh God, this is literally the first time I've ever done this. Yeah. and. Obviously there are loads of risks with that, but it's never gone wrong. And also with upcycling, like part of the whole thing is problem solving. Yeah. And so if something, if I realize, oh, actually I said I could do this, but I'm not gonna be able to do it. I'm gonna have to do it a different way. I contact the customer. I'm like, so actually I've realized that what we decided wasn't quite gonna go that way. Um, are you happy for me to do this? Yeah. And it's usually the same outcome. Yeah. It's just, I've had to go about it in a slightly different way. Yeah. And that's part of the excitement of it. And yeah. like, also, I think customers love to be part of that journey and understand like how a garment's made and how it's deconstructed. Mm -hmm. And like, that's um, part of it, I think. Yeah. It's like the experimenting and the slight like, oh God, I'm dealing with a really precious item. It's so exciting because like, in a way you have this vision for it, but you don't know what you're gonna get mm. back. So like when I gave you my dress, I'm thinking, I've got this idea, You, we both know what I want from it, but the end product is going to be something we, neither of us have seen. Yeah. So, I and it's like, didn't your dress, like we couldn't make shorts out of it. We didn't yeah. have enough. So that like, sometimes there's not enough fabric. Yeah. And I don't realize that until we're like 
about to make the shorts and so it's like okay well we can't do that like we can make a few accessories yeah and like like the earrings like the earrings and so like there's always a way of solving that yeah and like I think everyone has to be open to that mm-hmm. and something else I wanted to talk to you about so initially it was just you mm-hmm. but now you've expanded your team yeah um how did you go about launching reconsidered and how far has it come since you first did so we so it started out as literally me posting on Instagram like I've got a box of my grandma's tablecloths. I'm gonna make them into fun tops and outfits. And I posted them on a new um, thing. Cause I've always loved sewing and like lockdown happened. I had more time, started doing that. And then um, sort of, I turned to my own wardrobe, started reworking that stuff. And then I realized the impact of my fashion choices. And so I discovered that part. Um, and then I came up with the idea of like helping other people to rework their wardrobes. Um, and I found a grant opportunity. Um, I applied for it thinking like, doubt this is gonna go anywhere. And I got through and I got um, a grant, which gave me a grant for reconsidered. Um, and it also gave me a living allowance um, and business mentorship and support. And so for a year, I was like, right, this is what I'm doing then. It was like September. So it was like the start of my final year at uni and um, just went with it. It was amazing. The money helped to like me to invest in some like outsourcing some of the production. It allowed me to put money into marketing. It allowed me also like to not do any more of my part-time job. Um, And then once I graduated, I was like, yeah, I'm completely off the idea of doing anything related to my degree. I really wanna go with Reconsidered. And then it's like completely developed from there. Um, we've kind of started this B2B side to help um, secondhand stores like deal with the stuff that they can't sell. Um, and yeah, I'd honestly, it's kind of happened. <laughs> yeah, it's actually incredible. And one thing I will say is it must've been terrifying, like graduating from university mm. and saying to yourself, right, I'm gonna like do this. I'm yeah. gonna start my own company and I'm gonna, you know, that's- And have no, <laughs> <laughs> like you've done incredibly. Um, Thank you. Yeah, and the fact you're like doing B2B stuff now, I think is so cool. The kind of daunting thing, I feel like, because I've been listening to a few of your episodes and like thinking about that like um, sort of uh, knowledge gap of Mm. like going into an an industry that you don't really know much about. I feel, and potentially like, do you ever, I don't know if you've spoken about this, but like imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. of like being someone who maybe doesn't have like all of the connections and everything and all the knowledge and you're kind of jumping in. Yeah. I've definitely felt huge imposter syndrome. One in the fashion industry, because I don't have a fashion degree. I've taught myself how to sew and everything. So there's that imposter syndrome. And then there's also the imposter syndrome of being a founder of a company. Yeah. Never in a million years did I think I'd be like running a business. I know nothing about it and I've taught myself everything. Yeah. Um, And so I feel like potentially that like daunting thing of like getting, jumping into an industry that like you feel as though you don't know much about yeah is probably quite applicable to lots of yeah lots of industries. but you're absolutely smashing it you <laughs> well, are you. insane like you're incredibly driven and it's, you've done so well it's very like it doesn't feel that way you know but it is it is it's so <laughs> impressive um okay what what does a typical day look like for you with reconsidered oh i when i because we obviously you sent me some of these questions before i um i it's so different every day. Like I don't have a day that's the same, but essentially it will be made up of um, 
meetings with potential customers. So when people inquire on the service, they'll like book an appointment with me. Um, lots of the sewing, mm-hmm. um, lots of making sort of tech packs and instructions for seamstresses mm-hmm. to outsource some of the work. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a few marketing assistants who help me. Um, and so we'll, we're kind of, we do lots of planning on like um, social media stuff and like behind the scenes things. Um, taking photos, videos of what I'm doing. Um, and then the bane of all of it is um, grant applications. Right, yeah. Um, business plans, which I just hate doing. <laughs> and I'd really like to get to grips with it and like really feel confident in it. Um, but like we're talking to potential investors at the moment. And so there's like a lot of me trying to learn you know, like what it is I need to know about reconsidered and where we want to be and yeah. what's a strategy. Um, and so, yeah, the day is like each hour is different. Yeah. <laughs> no, I can very much relate to the business plan and grants and stuff like that. I mean, just yesterday, Ellie and I were coming up with like our plan for law talks because we've both finished our exams now. So we were mm-hmm. like, right, we've got the time. What are we going to do? And it was just like, I really, obviously I love doing it, but it is intense and yeah. it is like, a lot of hard work yeah <laughs> so I can relate to and a, that. and a lot of like unknown right yeah because you're kind of like right I've got to do this and there's lots of resources online of like how to go about doing it but sometimes you're a bit like I don't know if I'm going down the yeah, right way and exactly. there's no kind of teacher or assessor no to be like do this do that yeah. exactly or like you're on the right track it's like you're completely 100%. on your own <laughs> okay so what I think would be helpful is for our listeners is how can people be more sustainable in an affordable way? Because Mm -hmm. there seems to be this kind of, I don't know whether it's a misconception or not. I would probably lean towards it might be a misconception Mm -hmm. that um, sustainable clothes are unaffordable and they're really expensive. What's your thoughts on that? And how can people be more sustainable? So I 100% agree. I think it is a misconception. Just like there's luxury fashion, mainstream fashion that is actually done unsustainably, that's inaccessible and Mm. unaffordable same way there's like sustainable clothes that is luxury Mm -hmm. and isn't accessible and although I think maybe they were at the forefront of the sustainable fashion movement and so that's what we think sustainable fashion is there are so many more options that aren't necessarily buying an item of clothing that's made from like or a pair of trainers that are made from pineapple Mm. pineapples because obviously that is like a very niche luxury item but secondhand clothes, charity shops or online secondhand sellers. Like I've just recently gone on to Vinted mm-hmm. and it's kind of, I think, what Depop used to be. Mm-hmm. It's people sharing their wardrobes. Things are like five pounds. Yeah. You sell for five pounds, you buy for five pounds. It's so accessible. Um, and then you've got, if you want your kind of more like fun items, you can go on places like Depop and you get like yeah. individual like creators and um, people making really individual pieces and they're not usually like extortionate yeah um and then the other thing I think is more of like to be truly sustainable and then also affordable it's about like changing our mindset towards consumption Mm -hmm. because we have this idea that we need to buy 10 new dresses every Mm -hmm. two months when actually we should be buying that one dress Mm -hmm. that is going to last us and we wear it all the time like we need to get out of this thing that like oh my god it's embarrassing to wear the same thing twice Twice, yeah it's not especially I feel like with work where surely the important thing is to be going to work in something that's comfortable Mm -hmm. you feel confident in 
And then if that can also be of be made really well so it lasts a long time and have been made out of sustainable materials then actually you'll probably save money because you'll have spent 100 pounds on that dress rather than 20 pounds on 10 dresses yeah like i'm actually just thinking how crazy it is that there is this thing where it's if you wear the same thing twice like in the same week it's like it's it's so like like the same dress twice yeah It's, and it's so ingrained. That's, that's crazy. Like, yeah. When you actually think about it, that is ridiculous. But do you feel that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, especially if it's like a party or an event or something, it's like, well, I need to get a new dress. Yeah, like I ball. can't. I can't wear the same dress for this ball that I wore to the ball last no. year. No, and I think it's also maybe amplified by social media because when you post a photo, it's yeah. like up there on your grid for everyone to see. And then if you were to go to an event next week wearing the same outfit and post it mm. again, it's very obvious on the grid yeah. that like, you've been wearing the same item. Yeah. Whereas like, I think without that, nobody would care. Even no- notice. Or no, yeah. Yeah, that you've worn the same thing. And I think it is ingrained in us to yeah. feel like we can't, um, which is ridiculous. Um, and then also I feel like when you're buying a new whole wardrobe, like if you do start a job, the idea that you have to buy literally a whole new wardrobe for one specific like thing, part of your life. Yeah. And this yeah. is currently my stress because I start an internship this summer and I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to get work clothes. Obviously I do have some like pieces that I've like, you know, gathered over the past yeah. like two years. But the other day I did go into a charity shop, like the one just on Camden High Street, there were like three of them. And I managed to pick up three or four like work kind of dresses. Oh, cool. Um, I think I spent like 25 pounds in total, which is just like crazy considering so one good. dress would be like that much yeah. from like a high street shop. Um, are yeah, they... like it was a it was a new thing for me to try because I've never tried to do that before. Yeah, as like this time I was like, right, I'm actively gonna try and buy secondhand for work. Did you find it fulfilling because it required a bit more searching? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Like I came home and I was like, to all my flatmates, like, let me show you my dress. <laughs> look what I got. found. Yeah, so, like look what I found. Yeah, rather than like look what I went on the Mango website and, and what came up yeah. straight away and told everybody that logs into that website what to buy. Yeah, honestly, that's so cool. And but if like for example, I don't only do reworks, um, but I've got this dress here that a girl brought in. Um, she brought in two of her work dresses and they are funky colors for a start. Like yeah, I can see. And this blue. Um, and she was saying to me that like, she's had to really fight in her company to be wearing bright colors. Oh really? Yeah, and it is slowly changing and she's really made a stand like I want to be wearing my mm. funky colors and I want to have some individuality and it is working yeah um but she came to me with these dresses and they had um very sort of tight sleeves right we've completely removed them mm-hmm. and given her a, like a nicer shape around mm-hmm. here and it's just like made the dress funkier more modern more her and their bright colors and I feel like there are so many options with clothes that you find like if there's just some slight things that aren't quite you or aren't quite right they can be amended really easily yeah um well it can make such a big difference because yeah. when I came to you as well I had um like a dress that I loved but it had puffy sleeves yeah and I don't know why but puffy sleeves just give me the egg <laughs> okay and I was like I'm not gonna wear this dress like this and you were like Katie it's just literally like them. it'll take me it won't take me long at all no. it's not a problem and I love the dress now perfect um, and that makes me really happy yeah because so and such a simple thing, really simple thing. Yeah. And otherwise, I probably wouldn't have like worn that dress. No. Much, so. And I think because maybe if you don't sew and you don't understand how garments are made, you'll look at a whole garment and think that's it. Yeah. But like, if you learn how the pieces are put together, you see that like 
those bits can be removed yeah. super easily yeah. and like oh that's how that fits in and I can just adjust that really quickly and I think that's also part of educating yourself on like how things are made and just literally turning your clothes inside out and looking at the seams and it gives you a newfound appreciation as well for the people that made that stuff yeah. you know we buy things for 10 pounds and we think that's okay mm. but actually if you looked and go that wouldn't have taken them five seconds to yeah. make you know all of those different details yeah. that we take for granted when was the last time you bought something new um and I'm not going to judge you if you say like no yesterday. no I I haven't no no last thing I bought new was a bikini mm-hmm. in November okay um and it's made out of um fishing nets or no way nets. yeah so and I know that's gonna sound really annoying it's like oh of course the last thing you bought new was um something sustainable but it really I was struggling to find secondhand yeah somewhere or anything that worked so I did and I splashed out and I spent my money but I realized that the amount I spent on that bikini was far less than I would have done when I was shopping new buying yeah. something really loads of things that were really cheap that would have then probably break yeah and I had and... so many bikinis that like you know, were already breaking and that I'd bought on a whim. It was like, mm-hmm. oh my God, I'm going on holiday next week. Quickly go on ASOS yeah. and buy five bikinis that I'm really not sure I like. Yeah. Um. So that was the last thing I bought. But honestly, I've really, really cut out yeah. all temptations. I do not buy new. I don't, when I l- walk down a, str- a high street, mm-hmm. I actually turn away from shops. Like I do, n- I know that that's gonna pull me in yeah I know that the way they display the clothes yeah is gonna pull me in and yeah. so I literally close it off that's so fair I think like I mean it's so impressive <laughs> it's just but like it's ridi- it sounds ridiculous but we need to change you know, they yeah. they market those things in such a way that's gonna be so attractive yeah <laughs> no completely and linking to what you said so you bought your new bikini that's yeah. sustainable how can people check what they're buying is sustainable if they decide you know I want to try and do this mm-hmm. how can they go about knowing even yeah. if something's made sustainably or not so I think like unfortunately you do have to do a bit of research yeah it's going to take a bit of time you just because H&M says that the the t-shirt you've just bought has organic cotton on it doesn't mean that like and it will probably say that it's like a certain percentage is organic cotton yeah. as well so it's sometimes not 100% um but also um there's so many stages in a fashion supply chain that just because one bit of it has something sustainable doesn't mean that like the workers were paid fairly or the carbon footprint of shipping it across the world isn't extortionate um I think it's kind of maybe looking at the brand's overall ethos Mm -hmm. um what do they stand for why were they created why do they make the clothes that they do and do they have information on like the transparency of their workers' conditions and, um, you know, are they doing anything to encourage, like, circular economy? So, like, do they have a take-back system where they, where you could send your clothes back and get yeah. them repaired or, like, exchanged or something? If there's that stuff, you know that they're, like, properly thinking in all areas of their business to do things well. Like Whereas Patagonia. If, exactly. Yeah. Whereas, like, with H&M, yeah, they have these ranges of, like, sustainable oh they really do but the rest that, isn't they? you yeah. know and we and for some reason H&M comes up a lot in being like a green company and they're so far from it and it's like just do that extra little mm. um research there's also a really good um app 
called Good On You. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can type in a brand and they'll tell you how well they do in terms of animal welfare, um, workers' conditions and environmental impact. So like you could use I'll, tools like that. Yeah, I'll link it in the yeah. podcast description. I'll definitely need to try that. It myself. is really cool. Okay. And talk, obviously, like I'm an aspiring lawyer. Yes. And law talks, it's all about law. So we're super interested in like workwear with especially women's workwear. Do you think it's possible to be sustainable mm-hmm. and dress professionally? Because I would say that's quite hard. Yes. Like it feels like a big challenge for me to be able to do that at the moment. I think 100%. I think um, one, if you just think about how many clothes have been produced, mm-hmm. how many workwear items have been produced, that means that they exist mm-hmm. already. Um, and there are ways of now accessing them. Um, like how I said before on things like um, Depop Vinted, there's like eBay now is like really pushing itself as yeah. like sustainable fashion. I noticed platform. they're like sponsoring Love Island. Which is so which I cool. Was really cool. So cool. So like there's loads of ways of um, accessing all the stuff that's already been made. You do not need to go and buy a new blazer yeah. because there will be a blazer that you like mm-hmm. somewhere. It just might require a little bit more effort, but also it's becoming easier every day yeah. because of this movement. Um, and then also like get things repaired. Like if your blazer starts to like tear a little bit or you lose a button. I've lost a button on one of my blazers. Get it, le- learn how to put a button on. It is so That's, simple. I feel like I'm not gonna be able to do no, that, but I, I could come to you. You could come to me, but also there are some really, really easy tricks okay. and like things to do in terms of repairing clothes. Um, and then also, if you're in a work environment with other people um, that are wearing similar things to you, there's an opportunity there to share clothes yeah. and sort of you know swap items if you feel like you wanna change it up. Um, and then there are rental platforms if you're going to an event. And I really, really wanna- I really like the idea of rental platforms. You could rent a really cool suit that like you might not otherwise be able to buy yeah. and afford. Um, and you'll feel great because you're wearing something kind of funky to that event. Yeah. And you're dressing professionally. And, and you're being sustainable. Yeah. There's I've so got many a wedding ways. coming up okay. in August. And yeah. I've decided that I'm going to rent a dress or a suit, not sure yet. Um, that's so exciting. But the only thing that's scary about that is that it's like you can't, because obviously you're renting it, you need to do it closer to the time. Yeah, true. You can't maybe. So I'm like, I feel stressed because I haven't got my outfit planned. But that's I'm like, so okay, true. I just need to not worry. You might be able to like, a week before, yeah, I mean, exactly. it might cost you a little bit more, but it might be worth exactly. it to have tried it on. That's um, what I'm thinking. And there's also like a lot of those um, those companies, like the platforms for renting have insurance. So like if you like spill something on it or need to get it dry cleaned or something, there's always like yeah. the safety So those issues that. kind of, yeah. yeah, are mitigated. Okay, so um, before we finish, I just want to like talk to you a bit more about reconsidered if people want to come to you how do they go about doing it obviously i'll link your instagram and website in the description but like how can they go about approaching you sure so either you can literally send me like a dm on instagram or if you go on my website um you can either shop some upcycled clothes and accessories or you can click on the upcycling service and then basically if you have a pile of clothes with you, like sat next to you that you don't wear, like just go in your wardrobe and take out the things you haven't worn for ages. And there's a submission form um, and just tell me about those items. Um, 
that will come through to me and then I set up a 10 minute call with you. We talk through the items, we see what we can do and then you send or drop off the item and they're upcycled. Amazing. But it can- Simple as that. As simple as that. There are lots of stages, but it, it we're trying to, the, my whole idea is that I'm trying to make it easy. And also, I'm not sure if you've got any going on at the moment, mm-hmm. but you have in the past done some pop-up events yeah. in London. So I would say um, to anyone looking, Follow the Instagram. Yes, follow the Instagram. See if there's an event coming up. Definitely. But yeah, and drop things off at the The other thing I wanted to say to you is Ellie and I were chatting about this yesterday. We were thinking of like creating like a Depop or a Vinted or something for all our like old workwear clothes that we don't wear. That's such a good idea. Because we both have a lot. Yeah. (laughs) That just don't fit us anymore. Or but you like that. sh- that's such a good because otherwise, what would they do? They'd yeah, just sit at the back of your wardrobe. Yeah, so stuff like that. I think you've inspired. Definitely do, and also, me. and for your nicer pieces, put them on a rental mm. platform because you don't then lose them. You that's can still true. wear them, but while you're not wearing them, they can be Other being worn, and yeah. you can earn a little bit of cash. Yeah, it's such a good idea. Yeah, no, that's a really good idea, and also will help people to see that there's like more options yeah. to be sustainable for workwear because I think it's a huge problem I do agree that like mm-hmm. it seems a bit daunting yeah I feel like um workwear is the aspect of being sustainable which is most daunting to me yeah like in terms of day-to-day clothes like I know that I can find nice pieces on Depop or mm-hmm. did or charity shops or you know but it's the workwear but which workwear is, is hard. a little bit hard well there's the obviously a gap there yeah you know that when like the sustainable fashion movement isn't helping work yeah for some reason yeah so it'll be interesting to see how that develops yeah the next 20 years um, Tabby, thank you so much thank for coming on. Thank you so Lord much, Lord. Katie. I've had the best time speaking to you. Um, <laughs> thank you so much yeah, for having me. I will make sure to link everything so people can get in contact with you. Thank you.